Do you remember May 21, 2011? Anyone remember that date, perchance? Uh, you would, only time you might remember, there was billboards all over the Bay Area predicting that that was the, the day of the end of the world. Remember those signs? They were everywhere. Uh, they were all put up by a man called Harold, uh, Harold Camping. Uh, and Harold um, had recruited and collected millions of dollars from people and spent it on these signs, and including his own amassed fortune, predicting that this day was, was the end of the world. I dreamed of meeting him and, and asking him for all his money because he would need it after the 21st. Um, but I didn't. Um, of course, he was wrong. But that was not the only time that he predicted the end of the world. It was back in 1995 and 1994 and 1991. And the list goes on. Um, and we've had numerous other occasions when there's been great attention given to the, the end of the world. And of course, that was the greatest of us, the famous Y2K, a year 2000, been ushering a new era or was ushering in the end of an era. Um, it, but it's not something new. It's been happening uh, since the beginning of time, in a sense. Um, since well into about 30 years after Christ, there were many of the disciples were expecting the end of the world. And passages like we have read today, were misinterpreted to predict the end of the world in exactitude. And, and, and of course, what always amazes me is they, they look at the lines before the last line. Why would they not look at the last line? No one will know the hour or the day, not even the angels, nor the Son will know. Only the Father. And, and the reason why that's important is because well, we get kind of cynical when we hear about the end of the world projections. We go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, but in the end, all of us know that it will come. I mean, there are two things that are certain in this life. Taxes and death. Right? We know that we're going to die. It's not a, that's not a surprise to us. But it's just that it's going to happen in one moment for all of us. It's a little maybe dramatic for us. And we tend to be cynical. But today's scripture passage is not, it's not meant to draw us to depression and sort of anxiety. But the intention of today's these genre of writing is called apocalyptic, right? And, and it's meant to inspire us with heroic stories, painting cataclysmic uh, Sort of world events that will get our attention so that we will become livers of the gospel. Not just believers or listeners or hearers of the gospel. That we really, we really live the gospel in our own lives. But you know, life comes at us and stuff happens to us that, well, we can get cynical in a different way. That it seems to not matter if we, if we live well or if we don't live well, if we live a good, clean life or we don't, it seems like that um, there's sort of randomness to the world. I mean, look at what happened in, in Paris to the, this last few days. I mean, how 
the brutality of that violence is just mind-boggling. That people will just go in randomly to a theater or to a restaurant or to a stadium and just randomly shoot people because they think that they have a message. That message is nothing but hate and brutality and violence. There's no message there. That's just, that's just a human abuse of freedom. And yet we can look at our own lives and see that we sort of sometimes can abuse our own freedom, not in some dramatic way like that, but in the way we make poor choices all the time. We can become somewhat cynical in our own lives. And it's hard not to uh, sometimes because, well, we get jaded. We get tired. And we get tired of being, quote, unquote, the good person. Um, last night I was at an event, and a big MIDI event. It was a fantastic event, big, big celebration of their school and what they're doing, a, a fundraiser. But it was the third event I'd been at in three nights in a row. And I was tired. I must confess, I was very tired. And I got there and I was like, everyone was all so happy and joyous. And I, all I'm thinking of, when is it going to end? I have to be here because the bishop told me I'm going to leave as soon as I'm done with whatever I have to do. And I was cynical, I admit. And so I, I was kind of sharing with that with the person next to me. Like, I said, gosh, you know, it's well. I, oh, well, how are you doing for a run? Ah, just a little tired. Been the third big event in a row on five dinners and four meals. And I said, I'm just a little done. And, um, and she goes, oh, well, I'll tell you what my psychologist always says when I go see her. I'm thinking, oh, dear. <laughs> says, everything comes to an end, and this evening will come to an end. I went, your psychologist says that to you? <laughs> says, yeah. Is that meant to help you? I mean, you think of it, it's not exactly an uplifting comment, is it? And I said, everything comes to an end. She goes, yep, this evening will come to an end. And I'm thinking to myself, how is that helpful to me? And then I thought about it, and, I said, and she goes, well, look, all good things come to an end, and all bad things will come to an end. There will be an end to all things. And as I sat thinking about it, actually, that's a pretty profound statement. And, and, the, and the reason is that no matter how bad things get for us, and they can get pretty rough, not that my evening was rough in any way, but sometimes things, life can really get rough for us. Sometimes we have illness. Sometimes people do things or say things that are really hurtful. And you wonder, how can I get through this? All things will come to an end. This too shall pass. This too shall pass. But just as equally as important is the good things will equally pass as well. And if we're not attentive to the good moments in our life, and not present to them, they will pass maybe a little bit too fast before we can absorb them and recognize the hand of Christ in the middle of that. So you see, today's gospel is about living in the present. It is about calling us by saying, you never know what's going to happen. So live fully now. Now, let me be clear. What a Christian means 
or what Christ means by living fully, is not doing whatever we want in a self-indulgent way, but instead it means by living the gospel. It means by being kind and by being gentle, by being loving and forgiving. I've said this a thousand times to you, and I think it's an, an awesome way to live if we could. St. John of the Cross's mandate for life. It is not, in the evening of our life, is not on how well we will be, how well we have lived will be judged, on how well we have loved will be judged. So today, let's not grow cynical whether things are going bad for us, or things are going great. Let's not miss them. Instead, let us live in the present moment and seize every moment to be the most loving person we can be. Whether that be our spouse as we walk out of here, or our children when we go home, or whether it's a parent we will visit later, or whether it's a stranger or a homeless person on the street. What is the most loving thing? Because in the end, we'll be judged on how well we have loved.